Well, good morning and um, a warm welcome to People's Church. If you are joining us for the very first time today, I would love to welcome you. We want to give you a great, warm People's Church welcome. And we're saying it's not an accident that you're here with us. You actually were meant to be here today. And we believe that you are going to have a great time with us. You are going to be blessed today. You are going to be enriched today. We believe that today your soul is going to be added into because it is God's desire that you also prosper spiritually. Now, on your screen, you'll see there is a link that you can click on and this link will lead you to a digital form. And we would like you to complete that digital form so that we can keep in touch with you. We promise you as People's Church, we will not bombard you with hundreds and hundreds of messages, but we would just like to acknowledge you and thank you for joining us on our virtual platform to share the word of God with us. Now, as we continue this morning, I would love to read a word of encouragement to you. And this word of encouragement will come from the book of Psalms, chapter 84. And it's a psalm that goes like this. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. And your altars, O Lord, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. I love the fourth verse. It says, blessed are those who dwell in your house ever singing your praise. Another version says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. So as I welcome you, I would love you to realize that you're in the right place because here we are ever praising him. We are forever praising him. So join us and continue to praise, continue to worship with us, and we believe that the Lord set this appointment for you to be with us today. And the Lord will bless you. Let us take a little moment to cry out to a heavenly father. Father, we come before you. We want to thank you because your word indeed teaches us that we are blessed because we dwell in your house and we want to thank you that, Lord, you've put words of singing words of praise, words of worship in our mouths so that, Father, we can forever praise you. Father, we want to thank you that we are blessed that together with the angels, together with the heavenly beings, we can join in glorifying you. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you that, Lord, you give us different words, you give us different phrases, you give us different forms of expression that we 
can come to you in as we worship you. So, Father, we want to thank you. We want to bless you because you are our great God. We want to thank you because, Father, the psalmist also reminds us that, Lord, you look after the sparrows. Father, you look after the eagles. You look after all creatures. And, Father, we are thankful because your word also teaches us that before you, we are even much more important than these creatures. So, Father, if you can look after these creatures, what more about us? We want to thank you, for we know, for we are confident that, Lord, because of where you have placed us as human beings, Lord, you care even more for us. So we want to thank you. We want to bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Woo! Come on. Hey. Here I am before you, falling in love and seeking your truth. Knowing that's your perfect grace that's brought me to this place to share his love across the earth to glory of your holy grace. So I stand before you, God. I lift my hand as you set me free. And so
Now, I would love also to take this time to introduce somebody who will be giving us a message on offerings. Somebody who will encourage you as you give, who will also bless you. And I would love to welcome uh, Brother Hangwane Makwarela, who will give us the offering message. And as you listen to him, the Lord bless you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, good day uh, to you. Um, I will be giving you the offering message for this week. Um, as we all know, uh, God's church requires resources to function. Um, we therefore, in that breath, need to continue being servants of God. Uh, we serve him in ways that include uh, giving. In Matthew 23, verse 11, Jesus says that the greatest among, amongst you shall be a servant. We must not be like Pharisees who were tithing, yet ignoring more important things. Let us lay up our treasures with God. It is God that can change our hearts to do so. Our time, talents, possessions are all God-given. What we have already belongs to God. We pray to our God to open our eyes and our hearts to give willingly, to give for the kingdom, to give our brothers and sisters in need, and to have the right motive to give and not to seek recognition from people. Be willing to give without blowing your own trumpet. Humanly, this is not so easy. That is why we need to pray to God for assistance. May we continue to pray in this way, to be satisfied that we have given for God's work to continue, to cater for needs of our brothers and sisters. It is God who will help us to set our minds on things of the Spirit. As you will know, the giving is not only monetary. There are teams that you can serve in at church, including worship, frontline, and so on. With regards to finances, the church's uh, banking details will be shown on the screen. May we pray. Our Father, we thank you. We ask you, Lord, to open up our hearts, to open up our minds, to open up our eyes, so that we may give willingly, so that we may lay up our treasures in heaven. We thank you, and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. i 
Good morning, church family, and welcome to People's Church. My name is Kamala Maloko. Compliments of the year from all our weekly ministries. Please be on the lookout for any information to when they will be open. We look forward to the new year with great expectations, and we cannot wait to have you again. We have started our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we invite you to take part in it if you have not already done so. Information is available. Ask any of our ushers for a pamphlet during the service. Do join us every Sunday morning at 8.30 for intercessory prayer, followed by our main service at 9. We cannot wait to see you there. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the service. Well, I'm quite excited to introduce the person who's going to share the word of God with us today. Um... We actually share a number of things. Um, we both are skinny, and um, it's quite interesting that people often confuse us. Um, and they sometimes call me by his name, and they sometimes call him by my name. Um, I would love to tell you just a bit about him. We actually went to the same university around the same time, and we continue to work together we continue to serve the Lord together. 
um, even in this day. He is my partner in running. He is my partner in making Jesus famous. And he is my partner in making sure that children of God are discipled in the word of God, in the word that surely will take them to heaven at the end of their lives. I know he does not teach self-help, but he preaches Christ, Christ crucified, Christ who died, Christ who resurrected, and Christ who is ascended into heaven. And this Christ is the Christ that we continue to wait for because the word of God says he is coming back again. Please open your hearts as you welcome, as I said, my brother, my friend, my fellow laborer, Professor Mukwena, to the pulpit. The Lord bless you. Praise the Lord. We greet you uh, from People's Church in Polokwane, uh, a church in the city of Polokwane, which God has put here to impact the city, uh, to change lives. We are continuing with our theme of unfettered, uh, which uh, Pastor Mashlangu started last week. Remember, uh, we say that uh, unfettered means that you are unrestrained, uninhibited, unconstrained, and unbridled. And this morning, I'm going to talk to you on the topic of unfettered by fear, unbelief, and curses that you are not restrained by fear, unbelief, and curses. You are not inhibited by fear or unbelief or curses. You are not constrained by fear, unbelief, and curses. And you are not brittled by fear, unbelief, and curses. Instead, you are unbrittled. Uh, when Pastor Matlango finished his sermon last week, he talked about the question of blessedness. And I want to say to you this morning, you are blessed. I want to say to you, wherever you may be, you are blessed. If you're a child of God, you are blessed and you cannot be cursed. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. And in Proverbs 26, verse 2, it says, an undeserved curse has no effect. It is in, its intended victim will be no more harmed by it than by a sparrow or a swallow flitting through the sky. So you are blessed. You cannot be cursed. And in Numbers 23, verse 8, Balaam says uh, about the children of Israel when Balak instructed him to curse them, he says to you, 
how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? So those who God has not cursed cannot be cursed. He says, how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? So God has blessed you. God has not cursed you. Nobody can curse you and nobody can denounce you. And I want to address the first part of our topic, unfettered by fear. I want to talk about fear. And there are three things I'm going to talk about fear. The first one is the fear of the Lord. And the second one is the, the fear of men. And the third one I'm going to talk about is that we should not have uh, fear or operate under fear. The first thing I'm going to talk about is the fear of the Lord. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And in Psalm 111 verse 10 it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. So if you're going to be a wise man, a wise woman, you're going to fear the Lord because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And he says all who practice it have good understanding. Those who practice the fear of the Lord. And in Revelation chapter 14, verse 7 to 6, it says, Then I saw another angel flying in mid-air, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. And this particular scripture is where the Bible talks about the 144 people who have been marked by the Lord, and then it goes on to tell us that the angel goes and then he preaches the eternal gospel. He proclaims the eternal gospel to all those who live on the earth, to every nation, to every tribe, to every language and every people. And the angel said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens and the earth, the sea and the spring of water. So we need to fear the Lord. We need to have the fear of the Lord. And in Genesis chapter 39, verse 9, we find uh, the story of Joseph. Remember, Joseph uh, was the son of Israel who became prime minister, ultimately, of, of Egypt. And uh, we know that he was sold by his brothers and he was bought by a man called uh, Potiphar. And Potiphar put him in his house. And the Bible says, Potiphar succeeded, he prospered because Joseph was in his house. And that's why as a child of God, wherever we are in whatever institution, it must prosper because we are there. And it says here, uh, what has happened in this particular case here, uh, Joseph was being enticed by the wife of uh, Potiphar to sleep with her. And Joseph says to her, no one is greater in this house than I am. My master 
has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Joseph had the fear of God. Joseph's consideration in his actions was not what people thought or what he thought or what he believed, was what God said, what God instructed, and he was concerned about uh, the view of God instead of what man says. And that's why he says, how can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? I mean, for other people, they would have seen this as an, as an opportunity because nobody else was seeing them. But Joseph says, there's a God who sees me everywhere I am. And how can I do such a wicked thing against him because I fear him? And the Bible says also in the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse 31, it says, Having an appropriate reverence and holy respect for God is the beginning for all true knowledge and spiritual realities. And Hebrews 10, 31, it says, It's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. We must fear God wherever we are. And you know, the greatest mistake that we can make is to fear people, the fear of people, and I want to address this issue of the fear of people. In our language, we talk about this concept of batubatarying. You know, people will do things or will not do things because their consideration is about what people will say. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, it says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. And in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, uh, Peter and the other apostles replied uh, to the Pharisees and the leaders of, uh, of the Jews. They said, we must obey God rather than human beings. We cannot fear human beings or just go around obeying human beings where it's not appropriate. We have to obey God and not human beings. So if we have to choose between obeying God and obeying human beings, we will obey God because because we fear him. And the question which I want to ask you this morning, do you care too much about what other people think of you? And I can tell you that is a dangerous trap, the fear of people. Because you can be pushed into sin by fearing other people. And if you let people affect your decisions, you'll be tempted to compromise because you want to please people because you fear people. So the fear of people is a dangerous trap, but if we trust the Lord, we will be safe. And let's just talk about fear uh, a little bit. And I just want to say, you know, the state of fearlessness is actually an impossible state. And the Bible does not teach fearlessness. And that's why uh, we know, and, and Pastor Matango also said it last week, you know, that in the Bible, the are more than 365 instances where the Bible, the Word of God says to us, fear not. So we need to know every day that the God says to us, we must not fear. But God says that to us every day because fear is a natural state that we have as human beings. And we need to be reminded that we should not fear. You know, fear is a natural and biological condition that we all experience. All of us, at one level or the other, we experience fear, but we have to deal with fear in our lives. 
And you know, fear is something that we experience in our minds, but it triggers a strong physical reaction in our bodies. So we experience fear in our minds, but then it triggers strong physical reactions in our bodies. Because as soon as you recognize fear, your amygdala, which is a small organ in the middle of your brain, will go to work. And what the amygdala will do, it will alert your nervous system, which sets your body into what you call fear response. So your, your body has what you call fear response, the way it reacts to fear. And I just want to comment quickly here that, you know, people who do bungee jumping, uh, they do something which looks very, very dangerous and uh, which can make you very, very fearful. But something which is very interesting, when people do bungee jumping, they are not fearless because there are some harnesses which are going to be put on them which have been tested and which are continually being tested for safety. And that's why people are willing to do bungee jumping because of those harnesses. If it was not for those harnesses, nobody would, would actually, actually just plunge and go down there because uh, of the fear that we have. Uh, and even when people do bungee jumping, when they just about, they're about to, to jump, you can see they're fearful, but their fears are restrained because of the restraints and the constraints that they have, the safety uh, that is guaranteed for them. So what the body will then do, it will re re release what you call stress hormones like uh, adrenaline and cortisol. And then obviously we know another thing that when you, you are fearful that your blood pressure and heart, heart rate will actually increase and you start breathing faster. That's how the body reacts to fear. And then even your blood flow will change, okay? Uh, so blood will actually flow away from other parts of the body into your limbs uh, so that you are ready uh, to run or to fight. So because that's how the body prepares itself when you feel fear, okay? And then when the amygdala senses fear, your cerebral cortex, the cerebral cortex is the area of the brain that helps us with reasoning and judgment. So what will happen is the, the cerebral cortex will become impaired. And then it will become difficult for you to make good decisions or to think clearly. And that's why you have seen, for example, uh, when people have uh, stage fright. You know, somebody can have their, their preparation uh, uh, or their ideas, and when they stand in front of other people, all those ideas actually just evaporate because they are fearful, because their body goes into this fear state and where your, your, your cerebral context or the area of your brain that harnesses reasoning or judgment becomes impaired. And that's why you'll see, for example, when people are fearful, you know, they will shout and they will do things which are irrational because fear is actually irrational. Because uh, you are experiencing what you think is danger and sometimes you're not able to perceive that this is not actually real danger, but that's how the brain works. I mean, for example, I mean, if somebody is experiencing stage fright, I mean, why would you be afraid to stand before people and, and, and express your opinions or your ideas? But because they perceive these people as a, a kind of a danger in their minds, that's why the, the body will actually shut down. And something which I just want to say, which is very interesting is, you know, if you see a big dog, and then you see a young child holding that dog on the leash. 
you will actually be afraid of that dog. You don't want to go close to that dog, even though the dog is hold, held on a leash. Because the person who's holding the, the dog is a small child, you know that the, the dog can actually overpower that child. But if you see a big dog and he's being held on a leash by a big man or a big woman, the likelihood is that you can be comfortable that that dog will not do anything to you. So what I want you to see there is the, 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 your, your, your confidence is not in the leash itself, but it's, it's on who is actually holding the leash. And remember what fear can also do. Fear can do the following. Fear can interrupt the processes in our brain that allow us to do the following things. Okay, so it interrupts these processes. One, the first one, the one that regulates emotions. And that's why, you know, people go out of control emotionally when they are fearful. And then also, we are also unable to read nonverbal cues and other information presented to us. So when you are fearful, you look at people, you, you can't read them properly uh, because fear interrupts that process in your brain. And then also, it interrupts your ability to reflect before you act. You know, when people are fearful, they just do things that they actually later on regret. And then another thing that we know, when people are fearful, they may also act unethically because they are fearful. And people will say that I, was I did this because I was, I was actually afraid. And remember, all this actually impacts our thinking and decision making in negative ways. And fear leaves us susceptible to intense emotions and impulsive reactions. And that's why the Bible says to us 365 days in a year, don't fear, don't be afraid, don't bridle yourself, because when you fear, you can't act properly. And that's why I want us to read in Matthew chapter 28. Um, the Bible says here in Matthew 28, 28, reading from verse 1, it says, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the, of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Remember, this was after our Lord was crucified and he was buried. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going down to the tomb, he rolled the, to the, the stone and sat on it. And remember, you know, most of us have never uh, experienced an earthquake. But I mean, if you experience an earthquake, it's a scary thing. And it says, the appearance was, of the angel was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. And the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Exactly what I was explaining about the physiology of, of fear. They shook and they became like dead men. They froze. And the angel said to the women, something very interesting here, you've got the guards and you've got the women who have come to the tomb, and the angel doesn't address himself to these guards who are like dead men. He addresses himself to the women because these women came to see Jesus. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Obviously, they were afraid because of the, of, of, of the earthquake and also of the angel that they, they were seeing. The angel says, don't be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then quickly, 
Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you'll see him now that I've told you. So verse 8 says, the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. And that's what I'm saying, you know, this state of fearlessness, we don't, it doesn't exist. Any, anybody who does anything, there's a level of fear that you'll experience, but the Bible says, do not allow yourself to fear. And it says, they were afraid, yet they were filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. And it says, suddenly Jesus met them, greeting them, he said, they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, the same thing again, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers, go to Galilee, there they will see me. And remember what I'm saying to you, that you cannot have clarity of thought, clarity of mind when you are fearful. And the reason why we are not fearing is not because we don't have fear, is because we have God. Because God says to us, do not fear. You know, if you're in the presence of a, of a, a vicious dog, but the owner of the dog is there with you, you are not afraid because the owner is there. But without the owner of the dog, you have to be afraid. You are going to be afraid. So we are not afraid because God is with us. We are not afraid because we don't have fear. And that's why Jesus says to them, don't fear. Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers. And then the Bible says uh, in verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. And we don't have fear, not because the circumstances in which we find ourselves are not making us afraid, is because we have the one who, has, who can conquer our fear and assure us so that we are not afraid wherever we are. The second thing that I want to deal with is the question uh, 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 of the third thing I'm going to deal with is the question of, of unbelief. Remember, we talked about the fact that we are blessed. We talked about the fact that we must fear God. We must not fear people. We must not fear circumstances. We must not fear anything because God is with us. But another thing that can bridle us and make us not to be unfettered is unbelief. And you know, when you read, uh, I'm going to read uh, three stories here. Uh, the first two stories is about Zechariah and uh, Mary in the book of Luke chapter 1. And then we'll also, we'll also look at the story of the ten spies. In Luke chapter 1, the Bible records uh, the story of Zechariah. When we read uh, in verse 5, it says, In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah and whose wife Elizabeth was a daughter of Aaron. Both of them, Elizabeth and Zechariah, were righteous in the sight of God, working blamelessly in all the commandments and decrees of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years. One day while Zechariah's division was on duty, I mean, like, uh, here at People's Church, you've got yellow team on duty, you've got uh, purple team on duty, uh, 
and so on. And by this particular time, Zacharias' division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God. He was chosen by, by, by Lord according to the custom of the priesthood to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And at the hour of the incense offering, the whole congregation was praying outside. One day while Zacharias' division was on duty, he was serving as a priest before God. He was chosen by a Lord, as, as we have already said. He says, just then an angel of the Lord appeared to Zachariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zachariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear, and which is a natural reaction. I mean, all of us, you know, if this happened to you, you are going to be startled and gripped with fear. But the angel of the Lord said to him, as God will, will say to us when we are in these situations where we become afraid and fearful. He says, don't be afraid, Zachariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name of John. Wonderful news. Good news that is given to Zachariah. And then the angel goes on to tell Zachariah about his son John, what he will be. He says he will be a joy and a delight to you and to many, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall never take, a, take wine or strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Many of the sons of Israel will turn back to the Lord, their God, because of him. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the father to their children and the disobedient uh, to, the, to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I mean, you'll think when Zechariah would have heard all these things, he will, he will believe. But this is what Zechariah does. He's asking the angel, verse 18, how can I be sure of this? Zachariah asked the angel, he says, I'm, old, I'm, a, I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. I mean, how can I be sure of this? I don't believe this. I, I don't think this will actually happen. And then the angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And now you will be silent and, 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 and unable to speak until the day this comes to pass because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled at their proper time. So Zachariah became dumb because of his unbelief. Now let's look at the story of Mary. Now he says in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin pledged in marriage to a man named Joseph, who was of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel appeared to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So the angel told her again, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Obviously, Mary, I mean, when she sees the angel, she would be afraid. Behold, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David. The same thing which the angel did uh, to Zachariah, explaining what kind or what manner of child uh, Mary was going to have. And he says, he will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And Mary is asking the angel a question. 
Remember the question of Zachariah. But Mary says here, how can this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. So Mary is not doubting. She's asking to try and, and, and understand. Because, I mean, as a virgin, how, how can you bear a child? How can you be pregnant if you are a virgin? So Mary says, how can this be? She says, no, this cannot be. This is not what Mary says. She says, how can it be? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may it happen to me according to your words. Then the angel left. So you see, Mary believed what God said to her. Zachariah didn't believe. Zachariah became dumb. Uh, the angel left uh, Mary. Uh, Mary was fine because she believed God. She didn't uh, work with unbelief. Let's look at the last story about unbelief. You know the story of uh, the ten spies who were sent out by Moses uh, to go and spy out the land. And then we know this story that uh, uh, ten men were chosen from uh, the twelve tribes of Israel and they send as 12 men to go and, and check the land. And remember, they checked the land, and they found that the land was flowing with milk and honey, and uh, they even brought back some of the fruit from, from the land. But when they came back, out of the 10, 10 of them, out of the 12, 10 of them said, we will not be able to enter that land because the people there are strong, uh, you know, they are giants, uh, you know, when we look at ourselves, we actually saw ourselves as uh, grasshoppers. And these people caused a lot of trouble uh, to the children of, of Israel. And ultimately, we know the Bible says, out, out of all that generation, only uh, Caleb and Joshua entered because they believed God. The other people were acting in unbelief. And let's be careful that we don't act in unbelief. So as we conclude... Let's fear God. Let's not fear people. And let's not act out of fear and unbelief. And let's remember, we are blessed with all heavenly blessings. May God bless you. Thank you.